We're currently running a contest to win a copy of Battlestar Galactica. To enter, all you have to do is fill out a short survey about the show, go to theboardgameworkshop.com, look for the show notes for this episode, episode 32, and click on the link to the survey. It's five questions about what you do and don't like about the show and what you would like to hear in the future. Make sure you fill out your contact info to be entered. Welcome to the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson, and I am here with Sean and Brian, and we're going to do a pitch challenge today. First, introductions. Sean, welcome to the show. Tell our audience about yourself. Hey, Chris. Um, I'm Sean, and uh, I'm part of a board game design collaborative called Flat Out Games. You might know to know us from Twitter, at Flat Out Games. Um, and also, if you're in the Seattle area, that's where uh, a couple of our collaborators live. And so we're very active in the Seattle board game design community. So we've probably seen you around a time or two. Awesome. Welcome to the show. And Brian. Yeah, I'm Brian uh, at Scrapyard Armory on Twitter. I'm just a regular board game enthusiast and aspiring uh, design amateur. Um, I do a lot of design contests and, uh, you know, looking forward to the future. I don't have anything published yet, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Awesome. Welcome to the show, or welcome back to the show you've been on once before. Was that worker placement you were on? Yes, it was. Worker placement. All right. So, we're doing a pitch challenge. We're working off BoardGameizer.com, which gives you a random mechanic, theme, victory condition, and the option to use a constraint. Basically, I will throw those out there, and then we'll start with Sean. He'll have some time to think up an idea on the spot. It should be really tough, but amusing, hopefully. And then the three of us will just kind of workshop it, throw some ideas up there, and see what we can come up with. And then... We'll all try it. So, Sean, are you ready for your board gameizer? I am ready. Ready as I'm going to be. Randomizing and. Okay. Your mechanics are action programming and card drafting. The theme is futuristic. The victory is player elimination. And the constraint is must use meeples. All right. Whenever you're ready. I'm glad I'm not going first. <laughs> I might need a second. <laughs> Take your time. It's not a bad mix there, except for the player elimination. I feel like it's pretty it's pretty doable. Um, all right, so we've got action programming um, and card drafting, so that seems uh, those seem to work pretty well together. Some cards that uh, that would have actions to program on them. Uh, the player elimination is a new one in that uh, that genre, and theme is futuristic is that correct that is correct all right so i'm thinking uh we are in a future where um oh let's see where cats have taken over the world so it seems pretty likely um with our current trajectory of, of cat videos and etc., uh, maybe we'll just uh, spin it right into the whole kind of online cat video theme and go full bore on that one. Um, your goal in the game is to be the most watched cat video YouTube channel, um, and you eliminate other channels by getting more views than them in some some regard. Sounds interesting. <laughs> um, so how does the action programming work? Well, how does the action programming work? That's a great question. Uh, so you are basically 
trying to collect cats, right? So the cards would have different cats on them. Um, and maybe there are cat cards and there are also cat, uh, cat movement cards. And so you're basically generating uh, tableaus in front of you, let's say, that make up your videos. So you have to have a cat actor um, or actress. Um, and then you have to play it along with cards that allow the cats to do different things. Um, and so you're basically going to be scored in each of those tableaus or videos for how many views you get. This, this feels like it's some sort of mashup between like the networks and like robo rally. <laughs> yeah, I think that can work. <laughs> I mean, you have the programming element already there with making your programs. Exactly. I, that, that must've been why I sort of jumped to that one. <laughs> Um, also this is, uh, you guys are really evil for making me go first. <laughs> well, you're the guest. <laughs> That's you're right. the newer guest. I should say. I'm the new, I'm the new, this is like a hazing or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I have experience with this already. So, so what about your constraint? You must use meeples. Oh, must use meeples. Shoot. Well, there's, I don't know if I know a game besides maybe cat stacks, which is more of a puzzle. That has cat meeples. I actually so, just saw that at Target today. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is a, this is the time for cat meeples, if there ever was one. Exactly, yeah. So cat meeples, obviously. Maybe the, maybe the cards are only programs and that you are actually drafting the cat meeples in some other way. Um, and maybe it's a bag pulling. Can I add mechanics? I feel like there could be... Yeah, you can, you can add whatever you want as long as it has these minimums. Okay, great. Well, we're going to have cat meeples. They're going to be different colors. And uh, you'll... You'll be bag pulling to find what cat cat uh, actors and actresses are going to be part of your uh, cat films. So there's a little bit of a random element in there, uh, and then when you're drafting the or when you get those, you're using the cards from your hand to make the best video. So, um, so there'd be some correlation between the color of cat you get and the cards you can use. Yeah. So there are certain cat actions that can only be performed by certain types of cats. Makes sense. They have to be specially trained. And then I feel like uh, there, I feel like there's a simultaneous. I mean, it's could be simultaneous play. Um, maybe there's an opportunity for the cats to interact with one another in some in some ways when different uh, different players are revealing the program that they've they put out in front of them. Well, that's usually the the fun of action programming is mm -hmm, right, everything getting messed up as you go which i mean cats that's exact maybe you're all making the same video and you each control mm. a cat so your your interactions can ruin someone else's cat in that video oh i like that so how is it more futuristic do the cats have lasers yeah i think the setting um yeah the setting and the the artwork could help bring that out in the flavor text but uh it's a great question. I think that some of the cat actions would be would have to do with, uh, you know, futuristic, uh, potentially. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is a post-apocalyptic cat world or. I guess cats have, are taking over. Maybe it's just a cat network of cat TV. But we still have internet for the cat videos, right? Exactly. Yeah. The well, maybe the cats are watching cat videos on the cat internet. Makes perfect sense. The cats have become self-aware. That's what cats do now. I've seen the memes of cats watching cats. It's already started. <laughs> oh, excellent. It's good. There's, there's some strong thematic ties here. I like it. <laughs> 
Cool. So that sounds pretty good. You got the action programming, tableau building, make cat shows. Anything else? Yeah, I guess we didn't really address the card drafting part of it. Um, or player elimination. How are you really eliminating the players? It's true. That's the victory. That's the only way to win, is to ruin all of the other cats. Ooh. Well, I think I liked your idea where all of the cat... Um, sorry, yeah, all of the players are contributing to the same cat video. And therefore, when your cat hmm, is somehow eliminated from that i mean so all the cat cats in the cat videos are kind of little cat divas and they want to be the star of the show <laughs> and so your cat has to be the last cat standing in the video and so i think the programming tasks would be i'm thinking about laying out the tableau kind of one card after another and you're each sort of selecting one and maybe um maybe those are all pre-programmed and then they're sort of all revealed in a line and then you know the domino effect happens and chaos ensues and the person whose cat survives somehow uh through all of the chaos will will be the winner at least of each round i don't know i guess yeah i think i was just gonna say that i think doing player elimination as like a quick round by round thing instead of like you're out of the game wait 20 minutes while we finish would be more palatable to the audience (laughs) exactly or maybe it's literally just a five minute game where you're just knock them out quick. You just knock them out quick, and there's one winner. I I think that would actually sell. I mean, right now, cat games are kind of picking up. You've got Cat Lady. Um, what is it? Perlock Holmes. I think there's definitely it's another cat game that just came out, I think. So you would be a sure seller if you got the oatmeal to, to illustrate it. Yeah, that also. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I'm sure that would tie right in with the oatmeal, so... <laughs> I think it's sort of been, you know, it's in Flat Out, flat out Games Wheelhouse, too, because it's a short card based game the cat meeples custom cat meeples that's going to be it's going to be a big a bigger challenge but you know i think well that's that's the kickstarter stretch goals you start with one mold but every stretch goal is adding unique cats it's true wasn't the game chapter going to be going into custom meeples at some point i don't know are they that's what i heard on the grapevine that's very interesting yeah i think there was an interview with jt not too long ago that uh went into a couple ideas like that that they were looking into I and mean, if they did laser cut wood i mean that's not too far beyond what they're already doing they're already laser cutting the uh you know custom laser cutting the uh punch outs so the chipboard which which i make heavy use of i have not done any custom work with them yet someday they will have my money it's so fun <sighs> but uh, the it, testing you be- have to do it's become so much easier with the uh the svg optimizer in component studio Another reason to get that program. Yeah, that's going to be nice. So, Sean, you are done. I'd say that works, and you even got in your constraint, which the constraint was easier than the victory condition, so. I think so, yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. All right, Brian, you ready? Nope, but we'll do it anyways. Okay, that's what makes it fun. Your mechanics are secret roles. Your theme is harem and fog. Your victory condition is biggest reputation. And your constraint is can't use a board. You get all that? Uh, yeah, I think. Secret roles, one of my most hated mechanics. <laughs> what, what was the, the theme? Harem and fog? What What is that? That's two separate themes. Harem and fog. Harem and fog? Those are themes? That, that's what they're listed under. Sean had future. I had harem and fog. All right, here we go. Uh, a harem. Okay. A foggy harem. With secret roles. Biggest reputation. How am I going to sew this all together? All right. Um, and no board. 
So we got to use cards. No board. We got to use cards for our board or some type of make your own. Let's see. Maybe you're conquering a city with the best harem, I guess, or something. I, is this we're getting into sketchy territory already? Um, fog could be fog of war. Could it like you don't know exactly what your opponents are doing. So maybe blind playing. So double sided cards where you don't see. Am, am I stretching this fog uh, theme a little bit? Um, you can stretch as much as you want. Excellent. We're, we're stretching it to the limit here. So we'll have cards that different players will play face down and will be revealed via some other mechanic. I'm not sure. But that'll be like a fog of war and you're trying to get the best... Uh, wait. Help me out with this harem thing. Is this, is it, we're just concubines and all this other... I mean, we, I we mean, need a we new can... theme. <laughs> I'm... All right. I will give you a new theme. I need a mulligan on that one, yeah. Okay, new theme. Princess. Okay, fog and princess with biggest reputation, no boards, secret rolls. So, all right, secret rolls. So, okay, so we're going to be building a board and we're going to be trying to, uh, with a princess. Hmm. Fog and princess. This one's a bit tougher. Um, this is what you asked for. <laughs> so I'm thinking let's, let's do some type of... All right, so the, the the princess is going to be the queen at some point, right? That's the goal, generally. And you're going to be, maybe there's another, another in-law. Maybe there are several princesses. How about that? There's several princes, maybe two, maybe five, I don't know. And the different players around the table are going to be taking on secret roles where they're going to be supporting or opposing diff the different princesses in line to succeed the throne. So the players aren't the princesses. They are, yeah, correct. They are vying for or trying to promote a particular princess to the throne via, you know, different, you know, uh, who knows, you know. Political intrigue. Yes, exactly. And that, that ties in with the re reputation, right? So the princess who, who ends up with the best reputation is going to ascend to the throne. And the people who have are, are secretly supporting that princess are the ones who actually win the game. We got no board, so I think we can fit that in. Um, and, and we'll do that fog of war mechanic. So although we're, we're not really actually ha having war, or maybe we will, who knows, um, where cards would be played face down and then revealed later. So a little bit of a memory mechanic. And um, let's see, these will be either events or maybe your building statues or, or different uh, opulent structures to, to to increase the reputation of the different princesses and uh, you, you play them face down so that uh, so that you can um, so you don't know exactly who is supporting what and, and and perhaps some mechanic where you're have the ability to switch around the card so maybe you don't know you know what you, your card is and you put it down as a not necessarily to uh, to increase your princesses reputation but to be a poison pill to somebody else try to trick them to take it away from you because they don't know exactly what it is until you know they're uh, because of the uh, fog of war i guess you know the the cards are all face down so uh some type of uh, trickery there uh secret rules trying to figure out exactly whose princess is uh who is supporting what princess and the princess uh, with the biggest reputation, the, the the most reputation points, wins the game. I don't know. That's I'm I'm, I'm... sounds pretty solid. This, <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? Yeah, Sanitas. Oh really? I guess it does. Yeah. I, I think you could retheme it with princesses, and you might might be able to work this I'm out. I'm gonna get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'll, or I'll tell uh, Concrete Kunda Games. Um, goodness. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think it's it's what I immediately was thinking of is that. Uh, you know, you've got your fog of, it could be the fog of princesses, right? So they're 
they're all unknown over you set out a grid of cards and then you're you're revealing you're getting to see one and then maybe you're building have you guys played topiary i have not no no um, i know a lot about it but i haven't actually played it yet <laughs> Yeah, the uh, so you're basically placing meeples around the edges of the grid to kind of claim different spots. But in a similar way, if you were, you know, deciding where your um, allegiances were going to be, um, if maybe it was a matter of revealing each of those different princesses' hidden identity, it's not really hidden role for the players, more just hidden information, I guess. But maybe the players each have one color of princess or one type of princess that they're trying to help. Well, the mechanic is secret roles. It doesn't say players have secret roles. <laughs> there you go. Nice twist, yeah. This is going faster than I thought. We might actually be able to do two each. All right, now I have to do it myself, don't I? You sure do. I want to see it. I want you to get something really nice. All right, so my mechanic is set collection. My themes are city and Hollywood, which go together nicely. Victory, longest connection, that works with set collection. And the constraint is add a backstabbing element. (laughs) Okay, so you're in Hollywood. You're obviously, you're making movies, you're making TV. Uh, The city, the city is LA because you're in Hollywood. Um, Mechanic, set collection... So you have to, but the longest connection is the goal. Longest connection. Okay, so it's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's the game we're playing. Although it's not Kevin Bacon, because that would probably be an issue. So six degrees of some fictional actor that is also named after a breakfast meat. Um, so <laughs> Sam Sausage. There you go. There we go, Sam Sausage. All right, so six degrees of Sam Sausage. Oh, that's good alliteration. This is going to sell. Um so our mechanics, set collection. So you are collecting movies and TV shows that Sam Sausage has been in because he has had an illustrious career. He's, I don't know, 120 years old, still making movies. So there's a huge deck of cards, all different movies has been in with a bunch of different people. Although he can't be in all of them because that's not how it works. So he's in a lot of them. And there are other fake actors and actresses too. So you're trying to chain together cards Instead of doing six degrees and trying to do it shortest, you're trying to get the longest chain. So Without a loop or something? Without a loop, yeah. Something. I mean, I guess you could just keep chaining. Maybe everything only has two people or two stars, so it has to be a starring role. Or how about maybe maybe it isn't just a star, but some, some quality of, a, of the different stars that might give you more options or more variability? True, true. You could also just do it as a speed game to be the first to get to six degrees, and then technically it would be the longest in the fastest amount of time. That is a good way to get around that, yeah, and make it not a terribly drawn-out game of looking at matching cards. So yeah, connecting connecting shows with people in them and trying to get trying to get two Sam Sausages the quickest. So maybe Sam Sausage is a very rare actor, and it's a lot harder to connect to him. I feel like the shows could have um, could have other act actors and actresses but then they could also have objects or other like other types of items that could also help you b- build those connections true true yeah yeah so you could just make links so breakfast links <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you will every card would have multiple things that could connect to multiple other cards so we can so you have a lot of options every card you play but you don't have that many cards in your hand so but you'll have to play cards 
I'm basically saying this as I think it, so it's rough. But you have to play a card every turn or some number of cards every turn, and you're not knowing if you'll have connections for that card. And maybe other players can play off you in like a rummy style kind of thing? Hmm, that might be tricky. So you have some mechanic where you get new shows, some sort of research thing. Yeah, it would be interesting if you were just building a shared tableau. So the card that you put down is then used by all players. Oh, so this is sounding like dominoes now, but dominoes is too easy. So maybe like four connections on each thing. So quad quad dominoes, is that a thing? Quaminoes? <laughs> it is now. There's a word for it. Or they could just all be polyominoes. Polyominoes are selling right now, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you lay out polyominoes that connect different. So bigger ones have more people in the show. So like a big movie would have a lot of squares to it. So that can give you a lot of connections. And you're building out this mind map of connections of shows and movies. And everyone has everyone has a single Sam Sausage tile in their hand. But it can only connect to certain other things. So they're trying to find a space to put that while everyone else is trying to prevent them from that. It's kind of rough. I think it could work. I like it. I like it. I like the theme. The mechanics are rough. <laughs> I, I think I think you scored big with the Hollywood and cities. That was a... Uh... Okay. Yeah, that was easy. It was not quite as hard as some other people had to deal with. Well, if 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 everybody had a different, if you just had a deck of different um, different goal goal cards, like it wasn't always Sam Sausage, for instance, oh, yeah, then yeah. then you could have um, everybody's just trying to get six degrees between each of like between two of that particular person. Yeah. Yeah. Or just the longest, because longest connection is so yeah. supposed yeah, victory. That, well, then you can you could do the how do you get the backstab in there? You could do sabotage. I was just sabotaging saying that. other people's lines. You could erase movies from history because you're editing Wikipedia. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Not that anyone does that. No. There's only official edits on Wikipedia. Oh, I'm I'm sure they're all very verified. That was a lot quicker. Let's let's do one more. Let's go for that round two. I need to redeem myself. Sean, you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> all right. This will be an easier one, I'm sure. Let's see, you've got... Okay, this is interesting. So, mechanics. Dice building. Theme, squad, which you could take that in all sorts of ways. Uh, Victory, most variety. And your constraint is each player needs to cooperate somehow. (laughs) So it doesn't have to be a co-op game, but players need to cooperate somehow. Oh, well, squads tend to cooperate, so that that seems to work pretty well. Um... You know what? I you know I, I like co-op games quite a bit, so I, I think I'm just going to go full into the co-op, at least to, to see where this goes. Um, I just have to think of what kind of a squad here. So um, what exactly does it mean by dice building? Well, dice building games are dice games with a core mechanic that involves acquiring dice and adding them to your pool of dice to roll on next turns. So it's talking about pool building with dice, not dice building like Dice Forge. Although right. I guess you could use both. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. So you're trying to build the best um, peewee football club. <laughs> and so you, each, uh, each die represents a different player and the most variety wins. So um, hmm, that's an interesting end condition because um, I feel like you need to have a... Ver- then you need well, it's to have only a- victory. It's not necessarily the end condition. You oh, can trigger okay. the end some, some other way. Ah, okay. It could be that you need a certain variety of players, 
represented by the dice to to actually you know bring home the state title or whatever you can't do 11 quarterbacks it's not going to work someone has to catch exactly but then i feel like then you would you'd want there to be some dice rolling in there in terms of uh once you have the right variety then you can try for the champion but i don't think that that necessarily fits with the uh with the winning condition of having the most variety so i might need to rethink that a maybe you have bit. to win a variety of different championships maybe what are some other i mean variety or you can change the theme it's true but i there's I'm lots liking, of squads there are lots of squads i like a this dance idea. squad Ooh, then you have the most variety of dance moves that exactly. makes sense uh maybe you are so essentially i think what you i you know what i think I think I'm going to stick with the peewee football and you are drafting players onto your team. Uh, but what you're rolling is, um, I guess the different moves that are made to bring the ball up the field or something. And, uh, the greatest variety of those is going to be the most successful kind of play made. And so some of the players would, or some of the players' die faces um, have um, have similar uh, die faces, and so you know you have to decide: do I want to draft, you know, uh, Jane over there because she's got you know three of this move and three of this other move, but then Tommy's got uh, one of six different types of moves, so he's a really powerful die. And then your goal is to roll all your dice after you've collected your nine, is it nine person football I think squad? it's 11, 11 on professional. I don't know what Pee is. NFL, yeah. Anyway, so- Don't say, quote me. <laughs> say, you go, say you go 11, and uh, you have to draft up to 11 dice, but maybe you only have so many resources to get those dice, and the goal is the player who gets the most variety in their role. So if you have 11 unique different sides, which, you know, we'll have to make that slightly difficult to achieve, but then you would obviously win, um, or at least win the round or that sort of thing. So that's the pitch. <laughs> Works for me. There's not very many sports games and board games. Probably an untapped market if you can do it right. Yeah, I'm not convinced it's the right thematic fit, but... Uh... The mechanic of getting dice with different sides and then trying to roll variety, it still has that luck element, but you're still building up your your dice building in a way that uh, seems interesting, and people love dice, so... Yeah, I do like that, trying to roll and not get matching sets. So, like, uh, what's it, set building in five tribes, you're trying to get the most variety. Yeah, it's like opposite of Yahtzee or whatever. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Okay. Brian, you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Hopefully this one is friendlier to you. We'll see. <laughs> um, You're laughing already. I'm not. I'm not. All right. So your mechanics. I'm not feeling good about this. <laughs> it's it's better. So the mechanics are role-playing and commodity speculation. The theme is cadaver. The victory condition is last one standing. And your constraint is players can't interfere with each other. So multiplayer solitaire. Yeah but also role-playing and commodity speculation and cadavers. Well, that just goes hand-in-hand, don't they? Well, this is going to get a little bit morbid, but okay. So role-playing, I'm not a role-player at all. But um, let's say, yeah, we're going to have a uh, role-playing game where you are role-playing 
CEOs of cadaver companies that are, uh, and there's a, a market, a commodities market for different body parts for medical study. I'm sure there's... So let me step in here with a fact that might help you with this. Uh-oh. My wife works at a school and they have a thing called a syndaver. It's a synthetic cadaver for medical students to work on. You can be less morbid if you want. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna. So it's a commodity market for synthetic, lab-produced, uh, simulated uh, body parts and uh, organs. And well, gosh, uh, if we're gonna be doing, doing last one standing, then we're all gonna be trying to become the monopoly and buy out all the other players um, until there's only one. But we can't interfere with each other. So how do we do that? Can't interfere. You have to do it entirely through commodity speculation. But, uh, well, so you can't interfere. Is that saying you, like, you can't uh, interrupt somebody? You can't... I mean, there's going to be interaction in a commodities market. Is that interacting? Interacting is okay. You just can't interfere. Can't interfere. So you could work with someone. You just can't interfere. I don't know. Good luck. You can't prevent them from doing something unless it is basically you push the market for, for heart organs beyond their capacity and then you can buy them out or something like that. That would that would meet the constraint? Yeah, you can't directly affect it, but you could do something else that would cause them problems. That's what we're going for. So if there was one thing I could get rid of here, it would be the role-playing part because I don't know how you would actually <laughs> make a marketable role-playing game about a uh, organ commodities business but i think he, i think we got something going here with the, you know we're, we're, we're setting up a market for different organs the different organs have different values and you are going to have this market where you're buying and selling and possibly even trading amongst the different players to try to corner the market to be the biggest and best cadaver simulated cadaver company around and eventually one by one buy off your competitors until there's only one fish left in the sea um yeah, I like that. Sounds pretty solid. Questions, comments, thrown pottery? Have you seen Repo, the genetic opera? I have not. I I, I see they, they show it every year at TotalCon. Um, but no, I have not actually seen it. It's uh, it's actually pretty good. Really? But it's, have you set for seen the movie Repo? Is it Repo? Repo Men? I can't remember. I think it has Jude Law in it. I'm going to go with a no. Anyway, so those two movies have the exact same theme. They're based on different short stories, and they came out at the same time. But the premise of both is that companies make um, synthetic organs that people buy, but then they go into horrible debt, and there's a whole repo for organs that has become a job. People going around and repossessing organs that weren't paid for. And you were the one that was trying to lean us to be less morbid, huh? People get to live longer. (laughs) I could yeah. see there being major potential in role playing for this. I mean, come on. There's there's lots of drama that could happen. Yeah, if the people playing also have the organs. Is that why people play role playing games or drama? S- depends on the games. There's a wide variety of role playing games out there. <laughs> cool. Sounds pretty good as far as cadaver themed games go. <laughs> Excellent uh, work. This website is rough. Yeah, this is really only a skeleton of a, a game design for sure. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody got it. All right, so <laughs> let's see. Be nice to me, board gameizer. So I have... So the mechanic, pick up and deliver. That's nice. The theme is magicians and charity. Interesting mix. Uh, Victory is most surviving pieces. That doesn't sound like a very good charity. And the constraint is must be language independent. Okay, that's easy. I try to do everything in language independent. 
So pick up and deliver. Magicians and charity. Magicians and charity. Magicians and charity. So there's magicians. Obviously, everyone's a magician. And there is a big charity event. There's a massive national, international magic charity event going on. And everyone has to deliver all of their magic pieces to the show. It's a big, complicated thing. Everyone has to get stuff there, but they're trying to get there fast. They've only got one night to get across the country to get to this show on time. So they are racing there in kind of a haphazard 80 days around the world kind of race thing where they're throwing all of their magic pieces onto trucks and hitchhiking with a saw box and whatever else magicians use. And whoever gets the most pieces to the show wins. And there's no words on anything. It's all pictures of magic items. Top hats, rabbit's feet. Exactly. I think that works. So it's a dexterity game. There you go. (laughs) Nice. Are you flicking? So they actually have different vehicles. And some vehicles are easier, but they move slower, etc. So you actually have to pile the vehicle with your magic items. And then I guess they don't call them magic items when you're a magician. That's a different thing. Anyway. They could be real magicians. This is fictional. So you have to pile them up on different vehicles, and then those vehicles have to be physically moved across the table to get to the spot. And it's on a timer, so you're talking like maybe 30 seconds to try and get as many pieces to the location on your vehicle. And if they fall off? They don't count. Victory is most surviving pieces, so the pieces on your vehicle are the only ones that survive. So if they fall off, they're gone. Or maybe someone can take their time and pick stuff up. Hmm, interesting. I know, I think just straight speed. So you're trying to get a pile of stuff, maybe across the room. Maybe it doesn't even use a table. It's more of a, like, uh, what's that dancing eggs game where you're actually <laughs> dancing around holding eggs. We're getting further yeah, like further it. away from the realm of actual board games here. <laughs> exactly. We don't need to. You don't even have a vehicle. You have a pile. So it's like large pieces of magic items. And you have to actually, let's do it with the kids game because kids have small arms. So you don't need as big of pieces. And they have to have like a pile of stuff. And they got to run across the room and deliver it to a bucket. Parents are going to love this. We'll make it a LARP. (laughs) (laughs) All kids' games are LARPs. Pretty much. I like it. Thoughts? I I like it a lot. My mind, uh, when you first announced the... the constraints my mind went to like a bunch of wizards that are that are sitting and uh, trying to collect telephone pledges <laughs> at, at, like charity drive because that's kind of pick up and deliver you know they're de- you're delivering the money for the charity but that's a that's a whole other whole other game <laughs> that that is a whole other game but i think that would also work <laughs> All right, I think that does it for this. That was actually a lot of fun. Whether the games are any good, I, I don't know. We'll have to see in testing. But thank you both for joining me. Sean, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you or follow you on the internet? Uh, we are at, at Flat Out Games on Twitter, and that's uh, pretty much where you'll find all of our content. Uh, we also have a podcast called Flat Out at the Table, so you can check that out. Uh, it's available on Google Play and on uh, iTunes. Cool. And Brian, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Scrapyard Armory and also from time to time on the the Game Crafter chat. Cool. And you can find me on Twitter at BlueCubeBGS and you can check out my blog at BlueCubeBoardGames.com. That's all for this episode. You can find show notes for all episodes at TheBoardGameWorkshop.com. Follow the show on Twitter at TheBGWorkshop, like the show on Facebook, and join the show's Facebook group to talk about episodes and game design. If you'd like to send in a question, you can email it to questions at TheBoardGameWorkshop.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.